It's often the little things, small behaviors, that can change our lives. That's the power of a financial edge. I'm Ed Meek. I'm a financial advisor with a passion to help you retire early, save more, and live better. Welcome to Ed's Edge, the podcast to help you live the life you've always wanted. Mistakes. It's the new year, James. And people usually want to do some New Year's resolutions. Sometimes it's because of mistakes they made. Right now, what I want to do is share with you, and James as well, mistakes that we've made and mistakes that we've seen a lot of other people make that we would like for you not to make. And if you have, make it a year New Year's resolution. Yeah, the, the spin here on the New Year's resolution is, you know, we always have these goals, things we want to accomplish. Sometimes we want to take the opposite approach of things we want to avoid doing um, when it comes to especially our finances. So let's talk about those items. Well, first, I have to say we're going to bring in um, we don't do this very often, but we're bringing in some guests. Uh, we believe that it will help help you understand one of the mistakes a lot of people make and it should make a big impact on you. Looking forward to it, Ed. Oh, we're going in right now. All right. Stay tuned, everyone. Who do we have here, Ed? Whoa. Whoa. <laughs> oh, we're live still, huh? We're live. All right. <laughs> so the first mistake, James, why don't you share with us? The first mistake I made uh, in my early 20s is certainly I had you know a job. I was happy about that. I earned some income, and I realized if I put money in my 401k, I get a tax deduction. And I wanted to m maximize my traditional 401k because I wanted as much money back for myself. What I failed to realize is I should have done that in a Roth, should have put in a Roth 401k contributions. And so um, I'm trying to play catch up now, but lesson learned, you want to, again, we've talked about those tax buckets. Um, here's a, the tax bucket slide again, for those of you who listen to other podcasts, we've shown this before. Um, we want to get enough money in that tax-free bucket amongst those other two on the left. That is so powerful. And why do we have these these little ones here hanging out with us today, Ed? Why is this tied well, to first contributing all, to a Roth? They weren't very enthralled with what you were just saying. <laughs> tax buckets and uh, investing is is not something that they have quite gotten into yet. What's your name? Okay, this is Judah. <laughs> And this is Tallulah, my grandchildren. And James was kind enough to bribe them with some donuts this morning. There's some remnants left in order, over right In there. order we can get them on camera. But the reason why I have them on is primarily so you realize you can get started early when it comes to investing, like really early. The only thing you have to make sure is you have to have earned income. And so... You will see a picture on the website next to the podcast uh, that I have right in the front of the building. And uh, we just recently hired them. James, you didn't even know this, but we hired them. <laughs> they're on the payroll they're gonna, now. They're huh? on the payroll, so they can start putting into the Roth 401k. Wonderful. Get after it, guys. All right. What do we say? Say thank you? <laughs> All right. <laughs> Maybe next time. Maybe next time. <laughs> All right. Good stuff. 
So a lot of these concepts around starting early relate to thinking about taxes, right? Roth versus traditional tax-free and tax-deferred. Thinking about taxes, not just now, like me, when I said I want money right now, but over the course of our life, what's going to help us over the long run? Nobody likes taxes. We want to be very strategic in how we position our money in those right tax buckets. And, and the benefit of starting early is that money in the tax-free bucket grows tax-free forever. It's wow. pretty neat. It's a long time. <laughs> <laughs> what other uh, tax-saving strategies, Ed, uh, can help us here? Well, the second one is the buckets that you just saw. If you remember, there's the three buckets in the bucket that you're mentioning for the Roth IRA that almost grows forever. At some point in time, the government makes us take it out. So not quite forever, but a long time. Uh, that's the tax-free bucket. There is one more type of investment that we often utilize that people make mistakes not utilizing, which is something called an HSA. That's a health savings account. That's actually the one tax bucket, the one way that you can get triple tax savings. It's the only thing that exists for triple tax savings. You get a deduction, so it goes in pre-tax. That's, that's number one. That's number one. The second one is it grows tax deferred. You don't pay any taxes on it. Actually, it grows tax free if you then pull it out. And when you pull it out, it comes out tax free. So tax deferred, tax free, and then comes out tax free. Now, unfortunately, the government only allows us to put in, um, you know, a certain amount of money depending on the tax year. But it's, you know, $3,500, $4,000 per person, just a little under $4,000. If you're married, you can double it. Yeah, you can double it. Right, exactly. So if you don't do that, do that. So many of our clients will sometimes do it, but they might not even use it the right way. You get a debit card, you, you start paying for all, you know, any health expenses and eyes, mouth, dental, everything. Even a lot of the over-the-counter drugs are counting. Right. right. So right. The, they've gotten a lot flexible on what you can use this HSA account for. And oh, by the way, you can invest that money. It doesn't have to sit in cash. You just have to make sure you qualify. If your employer offers right. an HSA plan, it's a very beneficial thing to do. The only one that's triple tax exempt, like you said. Yeah, right. And then in the future, if for some reason you don't ever use it for healthcare, you could pull it out and you pay taxes on it then, but it can be invested for a very long time. So it's like another retirement account. And we've yet to experience anyone who's not had too much money. Healthcare, right. we know. Yep. It, it, you'll need it. Right. it. It it grows until you need it. So yeah. Good. All right. The last concept on taxes. This fast forward to retirement time. When you need money off of your investments, taking, not taking income from the right accounts, right? We, we think, okay, I need $50,000. I'll just pick an account. No, don't do that. What's the better way, Ed? Well, what happens is, again, going back to the buckets, when the money is in there growing, we show you the buckets, but also when you pull money out of them, in the taxable bucket, that one's a little more tax efficient because you pay taxes on most of that money. When you pull it out, you don't have to pay taxes or you might be just paying, paying the taxes on the dividends and that's it. So so that one's pretty efficient. Sometimes people have more money in those those middle and right buckets though because they, they, uh, they have put a lot of money away for retirement. So you have to keep in mind that we have to remember, and some people don't even realize this, that the way the tax code works is you pay a certain amount of money in taxes at one tranche and then another tranche and everybody. And as you get higher, you pay 22%. You can see it on the chart that we're putting on here, 22, 24, depending on your income. 
And so you want to try to minimize your taxes by pulling out so much or paying so much in taxes from your investments. And then if you don't want to go in the next bracket, then you might take it from, from a taxable account. Or even sometimes people use utilize life insurance and it has cash built. If you put in money and investments there, you can pull that out in, in a way that you don't have to pay taxes. Yeah. Pulling the right lever to right. maximize your tax situation upon retirement. You don't want to like necessarily bleed one account over, at, like take all your money out of one account. Like sometimes people will take all their money out of their taxable account and then they get older and then every single penny that they take out in the future, they'll call us, right? We have this happen with our clients all the time. They call us and they're like, yeah, I need $10,000. And we're like, all right, well, we got to pull out 14,000 because of the tax bracket you're in. So they don't really take that into account. Yeah, yeah, good point. Those are the tax savings uh, items and mistakes people make around taxes, not thinking about that. Um, second point, insurance mistakes. What are some insurance per mistakes? Yeah, it's protection, make? insurance, um, you know, we would like for you to be in a position like the person, these two people you can see right here on this GIF or GIF or whatever the thing is called. But <laughs> if you're properly protected, then when these kind of things happen, you don't get hurt. Um, <laughs> I like and there's that. there's a handful of insurance things we've talked about in the past. But a lot of times people, a big one is disability insurance. People don't want to pay for it. I just had this conversation with my wife who's... Um, who's retiring now, so she won't need, need it anymore. But if she ever got disabled when we were raising the kids, her income was such a, such an important big piece that it would have really, really hurt us financially if we didn't have it. And many people know that, but they don't want to pay for it because it can be expensive, but it really is a great protection. Sometimes even more important than, than, uh, some other insurances, but that's one. Yeah. The, the other big one, um, uh, long-term care, we know the statistics now. If you live past 65 years old, there is a 75% chance you will need some form of long-term care before you're no longer here on earth. I know you've been saying this and I've been hearing it from our long-term care expert. It's just really shocking. Eye-opening, isn't it? it? It is. And, but it's true. And if we just notice grandma and grandpa or some other people, like it, 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 it's, it's accurate. Unfortunately. Here, here's what's so interesting to me is, is th those that care about long-term care have felt it before. Yeah. Mom and dad just had it. And so, oh my gosh, I got to think about myself for the next 25 years if I'm in that position. And so, um, what we're encouraging you to think about is if I need long-term care, can I afford to pay for it on my own? It's not cheap. Long-term care is sometimes eight, nine, $10,000 a month. After tax, the one time it's slightly better is if you start a little earlier. Now it makes it a little harder. You're in your late 40s and you're not thinking about these things, but certainly around then you want to start thinking in 50s if you're still healthy. Sometimes when people start thinking about it, they, they are at a point where they may have a lot of difficulties already, and then it becomes very unaffordable or you can't even get it. So that's one. And then the last one is getting what's called an umbrella policy. This is insurance that. Sometimes people have heard about it, but they're not quite sure what it is. And they don't even know if they have it. When we ask people, you have to have a car, car insurance. You have to have insurance on your house. Those have limits though. Sometimes two, three, $400,000 where if something happens and it's your fault, the insurance company will cover up to that. But if it's your fault and somebody sues you, then, and they win for a million dollars, let's say you're paying it out of your own pocket. And so an umbrella policy is something like an umbrella that will go over 
all of the insurance that you have on your home, homes, cars, and if you get sued, then it'll it'll pay. And they come in $1 million increments, which sounds like a lot, but it actually doesn't happen very often. And so therefore it, it's fairly reasonable, a few hundred bucks a year. And then if you get an extra million, it's usually not that much more incrementally. And so we really encourage people to do that no matter what, because you don't wanna build up that nest egg for a really, really long time and then lose a big chunk of it in case something crazy happens. Right, right. All right. Um, harvesting okay farmer, <laughs> farmer why farmer are we talking James? about farming on on a financial podcast well because my uncle's a farmer <laughs> oh. okay that's not the reason uh it's because there's a term in the investment world that we utilize and we encourage everybody to utilize if you have money in that left bucket that we've shown the taxable bucket and you buy an investment and it goes down for a period of time you can actually sell it buy another investment that's maybe somewhat similar and take the losses. Now, nobody likes to take losses, right? Oftentimes, people who buy something don't want to sell it. They want to wait for it to come back up. And I get it. Psychologically, it makes you feel better. But if you can replace it with an investment and take that loss, you harvest the loss. It's like harvesting you know, crops and you put it in your back pocket and you can use it to offset gains in the future. So it's a way of, of having a more tax efficient, you know, situation for you, not just in one year, but in future years. Yeah. Yeah. And you can harvest tax losses. You can also harvest your investment mix by rebalancing every year. Mm -hmm. And so these annual items are so important. They give you a ton of alpha. What does that, what do I mean when I say alpha added value? by just making a little bit of extra work each and every year. Yeah, it, it can make a really big difference uh, in uh, in saving money in taxes. So you, you want to, when the markets get creamed over short periods of time, which they're gonna continue to do, it always happens, just keep that in mind. It's not like a once a year thing. It's a, when things get bad, what can I do? And uh, it's a relatively easy thing to do. So if you just looked it up and did a little research on it, you'd be able to see. Yeah. Next item, mistakes people make. I would argue this is the most common one we've experienced over the course of, of what we've been doing. Uh, the not, race? The, ra the race, you mean? <laughs> you see this race? All right, check out the race. We know the tortoise and the hare, but this is a real-life tortoise and a real-life Yeah, this is, this is great. We love this one. <laughs> Proof right here. Yeah. Is not thinking about the long-term game plan when it comes to your retirement with all your income sources. Too often we have a hair approach of, I wanna maximize this year. Think back to, you know, I think back to when I was in my early 20s and says, I wanna think about this year and maximize my taxes now, not thinking about the future. And so when we think about taking retirement income, there are a lot of long-term items we need to pay attention to, not just the given year we're in. What are they, Ed? Well, I think the big one is people in their mind go, I know I wanna take a certain amount of income when I'm retired, but they don't fully understand and take into account inflation. You know, how many times do we use the robust software I was talking that we've mentioned where we tell someone, hey, if you want to live off of 80 or 100, $120,000 a year, that's their target. It might be 10 years out. We'll actually show them actually when we hit that point in 10 years, you're actually needing 150 or 160. And when you're in your 80s, you might be taking out two, $250,000 a year. 
you have to take into account inflation. I mean, especially now, right? We're just coming off the heels of the last year, year and a half of inflation really, really affect. I mean, geez, everybody's complaining about how expensive food is. You go to the grocery store, it feels like we're paying twice as much. Yeah. Well, this is a this is a period of time where we're feeling it, but it continues. It's like, I tell you, I say this a lot. Inflation is like termites. It slowly eats away at your buying power. And so you have to take it into account. My grandpa used to tell me, you know, so I have Cub season tickets and he says, you know, the bleacher seats when I was a kid cost me a nickel and they doubled it to 10 cents and everyone went nuts. They were upset about it. And I said, Grandpa, they're now $70 minimum. <laughs> That's inflation. At it's, its did I, his eyes get wide like, oh, my gosh. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> All right. Not getting enough and not getting the most out of your social mm. security. So take a look at this chart. Everyone knows about the full retirement age and that that point of which I'm eligible to take it. Well, the full retirement age is just a benchmark number. We don't really pay too much attention around. Should we take it at 62 full retirement age or 70? There's all these time periods in between. And depending on our cash flow and our investments and a lot of other variables, there is a strategy to make sure that you maximize your total Social Security benefits, not this year, over the course of your retirement life. Too much money is left on the table by claiming the wrong strategy. It's well, what happens is you can take it as early as 62 or wait as long as 70. You have, there's a number of variables that you have to take into account. And that's where, you know, talking to the Social Security Administration is is helpful. Sometimes it takes, you know, hours to get in touch with we them know. or talking to an expert. <laughs> yep. But if you have a nest egg of investments and you're relatively healthy, it, there's a strong reason why you should wait longer and longer to get it. Now, the reason why we're even bringing this up is because how often do we sometimes start working with somebody who like took it early, even though they didn't need to and they're healthy and they said, well, I just want to get my money out. Well, short term, it feels good because I'm starting to collect early. Unfortunately, you get paid much less when you take it early. And the more, the, the longer you wait, it incrementally pays you significantly more. And so if you're healthy and you make it to your early 80s, you're starting to get way, way more money. And then you'll collect and uh, be able to get a lot more out of Social Security for the rest of your life. And if you do claim before retirement age and you're working, not only do you get less money, you're penalized on top of that. Mm. So lots of different things to think about with Social Security. Make sure you get the right strategy. Healthcare. Let's circle back to that and to, when it comes to having a long-term game plan for healthcare. Mm. Those costs are increasing much higher than inflation. Um, do we have the right Medicare strategy for us with the right policies we need, supplemental, et cetera? You know, do we need that long-term care? Do I have an HSA account that I have a strategy on how to claim that? You know, thinking about not just when I'm 65, but when I'm 75, 85, 90, getting myself covered so it doesn't derail the rest of the portfolio. And, and if, you're, if it's before 65 and you retire, I mean, how often people are very worried. And, and it can be expensive, but finding the right policy, even if you have to pay a little bit more for it, and the Medicare supplement policies, that's huge. Like, this is a decision that you want to make sure you do as much research on as possible. I mean, we work with a company that will look at all the different options, depending on the state that you're in. And depending on what kind of medicine you need or don't need or your health situation, it, it can be huge. And trying to figure that out on your own is really hard. Yeah, yeah. 
All right. Last but certainly not least is estate planning. <laughs> now, what do we, we know what estate planning is, generally speaking. No wild goose chases in estate planning. Take a look at this, Ed. Well, I just want to know if when you're looking at this, I mean, you're a big baseball player. You love baseball. I'm sure this happened to you all the time when you were out in the field, right? <laughs> As a matter of fact, I, I never saw a goose, but I saw plenty of goose poop. Yeah, right. All around her. They were there. <laughs> we had to clean that up. But we don't want to be chasing around uh, looking for, you know, ways to. When we were talking about this uh, topic, you know, the idea of no wild goose chases popped in my head. And and the reason was because I remember, I mean, this literally happened to me, not not with a goose, but like the term. I was like, I wonder what a wild goose chase is. So, you know, we found that clip, which we thought was great. But so years ago, my dad's cousin asked me to be the executor of his estate. Mm. And when he passed away... He ended up having a will that I had him do, and then he changed it and had another will. And what happened was you need the actual official copy of that will. Uh, uh, not copy. You need the original of that will. Not the copy, yeah. Right. So you actually need the original of that will. And if you don't have it, it screws everything up. It almost got so bad in this situation because I didn't know this early on, is that, is that the, the judge was probably going to use the first will. And that was going to leave money uh -oh. to um, a sister that he only wanted to leave a little bit of money to, not the same amount. He wanted to leave most of it to his daughter. Well, the old will said it the wrong way, and the new will didn't. And I found the old one, but not the new one. Until like I went on, I literally I went on a wild goose chase. I went to his condominium for like four times. And I was will. trying to find it all over, right? And on the last day when I was going to go see the lawyer and the judge to try to figure out if we could like shoehorn the judge, and I don't, you know, how often can you shoehorn a judge to do anything, right? <laughs> um, I was like, all right, I'm going to try one thing I never tried. I went in the trunk of the car, huh. and there was his golf bag, and I was like. There's no way it's in here. And I opened the golf bag and it was sitting. In it was, the will was in a golf bag. It was in a golf Go bag. Figure. Yeah. So thank God that it, but now I just tell everybody, um, no wild goose chases for the people you're going to leave this to. Like you have to keep it in a safe or a safety deposit box. We don't want to lose the, now copies of trusts and power of attorneys are okay, but for some reason they haven't changed the laws yet. Wills are super important. Make sure the executor or, and the trustees and everybody who are going to be your power of attorneys, they know exactly where everything's at so they can utilize the documents properly. Yeah, yeah. And, and as it relates to that too, uh, new age now in our world, how many usernames and passwords do we have? I think the new data out there is 60 or 70 at least. Um, how many of those are important? Do, does your executor, does the person in charge thereafter, do, you, do they have their logins to shut down your Facebook, to be able to you know, update banks, bank information, et cetera, et cetera? Keep record of those login and passwords, and somebody should have them so they can update your, your most online trust, profile. Your most trusted person, yep. or, or maybe even two, should have, you know, if you have one of those master password things, you know, they should have that. But they have to know all the places that you utilize and they you have to keep track of that and give them the passwords. You leave a world of hurt for somebody if you don't do that. Yeah. Opens you up to fraud and, and other items. So, 
All right. Those are the mistakes we've seen people make as right. doing some of these items. We hope you found some of those helpful as you think through your overall situation and getting this new year off. Right. So, um, with all that said, let's talk about it. Right. Food for thought. All right. So, um, there's one food item that vegetarians have a difficult time not eating. What, what food item do you know of that people oftentimes uh, meat, a certain type of meat that has a certain smell that people love. You stumped me here, Ed. In the morning, what do we cook? You know, that people smell and they're like, oh my gosh, I want some. Sausage, chicken. Bacon. Bacon. Bacon, okay. bacon, bacon. So most people love bacon, certainly the smell of bacon. And I came across a recipe. I came across a meal for the first time in college. I'd never had this before. So we didn't go out to dinner very often when I was younger. I mean, my mom and dad made food at home. And so it was rare for us to go out to restaurants. And so there was this couple that I used to be a caddy for, and they took me out to an Italian meal one time and I got something they told me that I should try. It's called spaghetti carbonara. Hmm. Have you ever had it before? I have not. Okay. So spaghetti carbonara is spaghetti with a, this very delicious white cream sauce and it has crumbled bacon in it. And it was awesome. I mean, and ever since then I've been on the quest to make spaghetti carbonara. And so I came across um, I'd had a recipe I used for a long time and it was good, but I came across another recipe recently that I made and it was awesome. So we're going to post that on here, but nice, nice spaghetti carbonara, not to be confused with the carbonara effect, which is where my mind went. I don't even know what that, that is. It's a show. Um, pretty good. It's a, it's a pretty funny show. Is it carbonara? Carbonaro is oh, the last okay. name of the gentleman. Uh, okay. He's a magician that pulls jokes on people. Gotcha. All but, right. Uh, wonderful. Well, if you make it, let me know what you think. It's awesome. Thanks, everyone, for listening. We'll talk to you next time. Thanks. This podcast represents an assessment of the market environment at a specific point in time, should not be relied upon as investment advice, and is not intended to predict or depict performance of any investment. Any specific recommendations or comparisons that are made as to particular securities or strategies are for illustrative purposes only and are not meant as investment advice for any viewer.